Welcome to Adventures with Ernie. I'm Erlene. I'm Rachel. And I'm Nicole. And we are international explorers. We've been traveling and working in theater and entertainment at sea and around the world. And we're here to share our stories and knowledge with you. Every week, we are covering a different topic. This first season is all about ship life, shutdowns, and shipwrecks. Welcome back to another episode of Adventures with Ernie. It's our lucky number 13th episode, which is crazy. It is pretty insane. Um, Today we are edging ever closer to a return to selling. Cruise companies are very optimistic for a July selling. Tickets are being booked like crazy because now it seems like we're maybe going to return to some normalcy after the pandemic. So this week, we're going to talk about the differences between the different lines and what cruise company you should pick if you're looking to book a cruise. A huge difference and one of the main deciding factors is whether you're going to go with a luxury line or a family slash budget cruise, which will be more affordable, but maybe not all inclusive. Those are kind of like a huge dividing factor between different cruise crowds. Another dividing factor is, you know, if you're an adult and you're looking for like a party, you're like, you know what, I just really want to go on a fun four to three day booze cruise, um, kind of have a more of an adult atmosphere to it. Or if you're like more of an older person who just wants to go on a very relaxing, chill vacation, there, there's going to be differences in, in the brands as well. And of course, itineraries, which we've done a lot of talking about. Some lines focus more on Caribbean cruises and some go everywhere. Places like Viking River Cruises do fun river cruises that are a little different than some of the other larger liners that we're going to talk about. I mean, it kind of comes down to size of the ship, honestly, where it can go and fit. Those mega ships cannot get into those small ports, y'all. They can't. They cannot. Sometimes they try. And get stuck. (laughs) So the big three when it comes to U.S. cruising, the first one we're going to talk about is the biggest one, and that's Carnival Cruise Line. And they're known for having fun ships. They're a fun cruise line they're the largest cruise line have more than 25 ships in their fleet and they normally have more of a younger rowdy kind of crowd like a bachelor a bachelorette party or a big family reunion um, some large party cruisers lots of karaoke and contests and trivia and activities happening this is more of a, i think they're more of a friendlier budget cruise as well Their larger ships include water parks and sports centers. And let's not forget that fun little whale tail in the back. (laughs) That's how I can always tell it's a carnival ship. Yeah. They also have a... Go ahead. I was going to say, they're the ones having the roller coaster. Yeah. On their... They're putting the roller coaster on their newest ship. They are. uh, are Which is weird. They have a lot of sister lines. Like... A lot. One of my favorite to start us is Aida Cruises, which really caters more to the German market and has a club resort atmosphere. My favorite part of Aida Cruises are the lips on the front of the hull. Every ship has them. looks like a little lady coming at you, blowing you a kiss. And I love that. It's so cute. Nicole just introduced it to me today and it's adorable. Google a picture. It's cute. One of their other sister lines is Costa Cruises, which is an Italian cruise line. They mostly cater to Italian markets as well. And they have a very European feel along with some excellent food. And then we have P&O Cruise Line. Um, It's the oldest cruise line dating back to passenger ships in 1837. Um, A lot of 
a lot of it's in the British, like British ships, six of them there. Uh, they're bringing in one more in 2022. And they also have a P&O Cruises Australia line, which is basically the same as the above, but focuses on Australia and New Zealand. And they only have three ships that maintain that. And then there's our good friend Cunard, uh, the traditional ocean liner style crossings, formal dress codes for evenings, more of what you would consider that traditional experience. It's also closest to a modern Titanic experience. And there is talk that the actual Titanic 2, which will uh, will supposedly launch next year. We'll see. I don't know if I would go on that. but I just don't know. That's where I'm at, Nicole. I just don't know anyone who would actually want to go on that cruise. I don't think it's going to happen. This guy's been trying to do it for years, and it like never actually happened. I don't think it is either. I would love to see the ship to go like, oh, that's the Olympia slash Titanic. But I don't know that I would go on it. Yeah. I'd be, I'd, I feel like there would be bad juju. Yeah. The next sister line for Carnival is Princess Cruises, which you may remember is the Love Boat line. This is more middle-aged couples and retirees, some families. It's not a whole lot of big frills. It's pretty traditional. Um, When I was researching it, I pretty much came to the conclusion that it's the Cracker Barrel of cruising. It's reliable, hasn't changed much in many years. Your grandparents want to take the family there on Sunday afternoon. Do they have that fun game with the pegs and the triangles? <laughs> I was just talking to someone the other day and they had only ever been on princess cruises. And we were talking about it and I was like, oh yeah, it's like the Cracker Barrel. Like, cause I was prepared for this. And they literally told me less than five minutes later that the only reason they only went on princess cruises was because their grandparents took the family on princess cruises because that's what they liked and i was like yeah that makes sense it's a classic line i like it um the next sister line is holland america and it's a traditional mid-sized ships they're not really big for families uh they're more geared towards like midlife couples and retirees and then there's seaborne which is a modern luxury line with fine cuisine and excellent service and they will add two new small ships of 264 passengers that's really small it's like a little so tiny dinghy like a transport ship uh, for expedition style cruises so Rachel, perfect for your explorer needs. I know. Those sound so cool. I, like when I was reading about that, I was like, oh, that sounds like what I want to go on. Um, So after Carnival, you have the second biggest guy in cruise world, and that's Royal Caribbean. And they are the largest in revenue and second largest in passenger count. Uh, they have 24 ships currently, and they have six more on order. Uh, the four largest passenger ships are the largest in the world. So they have that going for them. They do. They have Symphony of the Seas currently, which is the largest lady on the water, as I always say to my friends. I don't always use lady, but. But I like that. That's cute. <laughs> Royal Caribbean is is big. It's family fun. They have lots of adventures and activities on board. And they also have a lot of uh, fun attractions. They have an ice rink and robotic bartenders and surfing simulations, rock walls, escape rooms, and even zip lines, which sounds really cool to me. I feel like they're kind of like the stereotypical cruise company to me. Like when like... They're like the uh, theme park at sea kind of. Yeah. Or like when you feature a cruise ship in movies, like I feel like it's always a Royal Caribbean ship with like their stuff. They're really pretty ships. I, I can't say enough about the Symphony of the Seas. What a beautiful ship that is. They are really pretty. Massive. It's terrifying it's to stand next yeah. to. I was, They also follow more of like that traditional sense in a way too. Like you have your scheduled dinner time, all of that stuff. Yeah, scheduled dining, yeah. yeah. You, you select. Which I mean, I, I, I've been on cruises that do both. 
the the freestyle and the scheduled and either way i'm happy i think as long as i'm eating i don't care agreed uh royal caribbean also has several sister companies first one we're going to talk about is celebrity cruises which is known as being a cut above a premium experience it's for the sophisticates not a party crowd uh they have things like wine tastings and wellness classes and celebrity has I mean, this isn't going to surprise anyone because the name is Celebrity, but it has a very Southern California Hollywood vibe. Like those are the people that they're looking to sell to for sure. And they are the only ship that has a woman American captain on a mega ship. So we're big fans of her. Yeah, we love her. What's her name again? Captain Kate. Captain Kate. Kate. And she's got her, um, her cat, Buck Naked. That travels with her. He's a little sphinx. He's got mm-hmm. no hairs. I did not know she had a cat with her. Yeah, she takes him on there. Yeah, she travels everywhere with him. I don't know how she does I love it. her. She's my new idol. You have to add her on Instagram. She's she's super cool. I also really like, I've never been on a celebrity cruise myself, but I love the edge where they have that little bar that goes up and down. I'm always next to it and I love watching it. It's super cool. Oh, I didn't even know this thing. The next sister ship of Royal Caribbean is Silver Sea Cruises. They're a smaller fleet of ultra luxury ships based out of Monaco. So that should tell you pretty much everything you need to know. And it's all about the the finer things in life. It's exotic, unique itineraries. Galapagos Islands is a, is a stop for them. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Royal Caribbean Group, which is the parent company, uh, also holds stake in a lot of other lines uh, and related enterprises. The first is TUI Cruises, and they own about 50% of that company. They're a German company and with a German market, and they are direct competitors of our good friend Aida with the little kissing lips. And then I'm probably going to say this wrong, Mindshift. I think so. Is that how you say that? And then there's Mindshift, one, two, et cetera, seven, eight, and nine to be built. Literally translates to my ship. How creative is that? I just thought that was so funny. My ship. But come on. I'm going to start saying that when I walk around my new ship. My ship. Yeah. <laughs> Royal Caribbean also holds 50% stake in the Holistica Company, which is a company that works alongside many cruise lines, even outside the Royal Caribbean Group, across all of them, to develop different port infrastructure and sustainable practices for ensuring that the destinations that the ships want to go to are ready for the growing number of cruise passengers. So they have a lot of like big projects going on in places like Nassau or I, don't, I forget where else, but they're working on building ports. I was ready for that to be like... Uh... You can have, you can see a shaman and a Reiki healer. That's no, they're really into like the green that. practices and like making things renewable and sustainable and like good for the places that the ships are going and for the ships and the people on them. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, well, World Caribbean Group also holds 49% of Pullmantar. Is that, mm-hmm. is that it? Pullmantar Cruises, uh, which is a Spanish cruise company, which currently has no ships. So is it like a starting out company? They went under during the pandemic. They had a few ships and then they closed due to COVID. And then they like are restructured. It's really unclear. It feels like they're doing shady business things, but I'm not actually accusing them of that. <laughs> but because they're like, we don't have any ships, but we still exist. And then they're trying to like figure out how to get new ships or something right now. Supposedly gotcha. they'll be back. Uh, RCC RCG also holds forty percent of Grand Bahama Shipyard and nineteen percent of 
Waymos Air, like an airline. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for them. And then the third of the big three is Norwegian Cruise Line, which is the third largest by passenger count, which is about 8.4% worldwide. They have 17 ships with six more on order, including uh, the newly announced Prima, which will be part of their Leonardo class. They are family-friendly freestyle cruising. Uh, so this is like they have no set times or locations for dinner. It's kind of a go with the flow first come first serve kind of atmosphere. And they also have a lot of big attractions on their ships. They have things like laser tag, the only go-kart tracks at sea, rock walls. They have big Broadway style shows and people describe it as kind of like a biggest style resort at sea. They also have sister companies under Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. The first is Oceana Cruises, which is somewhere between the mega ship and the luxury line, if you want to think about it that way. Um, it's like a country club, I mean, it's sort of like older, older guests with five Fine dining and smaller, and they can go to smaller ports in more interesting places. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings is also responsible for the line Regent Seven Seas Cruises, which is considered the most opulent of luxury cruise lines with a hefty price tag. And these cater to very elite rich guests because they're so fancy schmancy. They also do the around the world cruise, don't they? Isn't it Regent Line that does that? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I want to do that once in my life. Like the ticket's like $60,000, but. But everything's included. It's like 180 like days or something. Fridge, your, your food, your excursion, your food, your alcohol, all of it in one set price. And it's like six months, which is what I typically do at sea anyway. So like, no sweat. Right? $60,000, drop in the bucket. I'll never miss it. Never know what's gone. Uh, Regent Seven Seas has the Splendor, which is their newest of the small fleet, and is the most expensive, luxurious ship ever built, costing $600 million. That's a lot of round-the-world cruises. And Regent Suite is 4,443 square feet, larger than the average American home. Can you guys believe that? Mind-blowing. I can't imagine a suite on a cruise ship bigger than the average house. Because, like, our cabins on the ship are so tiny. It's like the idea to me of being in a cabin that is bigger than your house is just absurd. I can't. Yeah, the house I grew up in was, like, 2,100 square feet. It's twice the size of the house I grew up in. I think the house we just moved from was, like, 1,200. Like, nothing. And now that we've talked about the big three, let's talk about the other guys involved in the industry. Uh, Let's start with MSC, which is the fourth largest cruise line with 7.4% of passengers worldwide. And it's also a big resort style ship as well. Um, And it has water slides, uh, some fun features as well. And MSC has been a longtime player in the European market. They have been doing cruises over there forever. And they're currently moving more into the Caribbean market and they have plans to expand there. And they're looking to be a major competitor with Royal and CL and Carnival for North American business. Speaking of competitors, Disney Cruise Lines. Who doesn't love a Disney cruise? Um, They're very similar to the parks. They're big, family-oriented, and very expensive, just like the parks. So (laughs) set your expectations from the get-go. The cruises obviously use their brand. So movies and characters make the experience unique. And if you have kids and or you're just a Disney adult, looking at you, TikTok, see a lot of Disney adults out there. This is probably the cruise for you. The next line to bring up is uh, Viking. Uh, These began as river cruises and they've ventured into some uh, ocean going ships in the last few years. It's a little bit of an older explorative crowd. No kids allowed under 18 at all on board. Uh, They go to very unique ports. And they have more of the modern designed interiors on their on board their vessels. 
This is on my bucket list. They have a really beautiful like Christmas village cruise that goes through like Hungary and I want to go on that so bad. That sounds so cool. Yeah, check it out. Google it. It's super cool. It's on my bucket list. Viking Christmas Village Cruise? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's like a Christmas Village Cruise, and they just go through like all these little villages, and they're all decorated for Christmas, and you stop, and it just looks like a really romantic Christmassy thing to do. That's so cute. I have to look at that. That sounds adorable. Uh, One of the other cruise lines to mention is Virgin, even though technically they don't exist yet. They have ships, but they haven't launched. They were due to launch in May of last year, but they did not because of the panorama. But Virgin Cruise Lines is going for a very hip, young, and fun vibe. They have things like tattoo parlors on board as one of their unique features. And there's also no kids allowed on their cruises either. So they're very much going for the adults only fun experience. And then there's Azamara, Crystal, and Dream. These are all kind of the same smaller boutique hotel kind of lines with a few ships. Young, sexy, rich people cruise on these ships. That sounds like a good time. Right? It sounds fancy. So now that we've kind of like talked about some of the brands, I think we should share currently and stating that we're recording this on, what is it, the the 29th of May? The 30th of May. We're recording this on the 30th of May. So by the time this comes out next week, things could change. But um, currently where people, where different lines are at in their return to cruising. Um, So let's start with the main guy, Carnival. Um, so they are approved for cruises out of Florida and Texas. Texas, Taxi? Don't even know what that word. <laughs> out of Florida and Texas. Uh, so that's like Miami, Port Canaveral, and Galveston. And they're currently unclear whether this is planned to be like a test cruise with volunteer guests or whether they're going to have paying guests with vaccine requirements. They haven't officially announced those details, but they are looking to come out soon. Then you also have Celebrity Cruise Line, which the Celebrity Edge has been approved to sail June 24th out of Port Everglades in Florida. And they're adhering to the vaccination protocol. So they have 95% of their guests will be vaccinated and 98% of their crew will be vaccinated to make those happen. Royal Caribbean also on the list of coming back. Quantum of the Seas has been sailing cruises to nowhere out of Singapore for local residents since December 2020. And just for our listeners that may not know what a cruise to nowhere is, you just really don't stop. You just kind of go out. It's like a dinner cruise. It doesn't end, right? They are approved for test cruises now. Freedom of the Seas will sail June 20th through the 22nd. That's a small little blip from Port of Miami. More than 250,000 volunteers are going to help bring that into a reality. You have to be 18 or older, vaccinated, or not at high risk. If not vaccinated, and you must test negative for COVID-19, which I think is pretty standard across all the lines. Next to discuss is MSC Cruises. Um, Grandiosa has been selling since August in Europe. Seaside and Virtuosa. Uh, began cruising in May. And then there's been some stringent testing and contact tracing on board to limit outbreak risk. They've had a handful of cases. There's not an exact number, um, but they've handled them very swiftly and very efficiently. And then you have TUI Cruises, which those ships, my ships, the mine ships, one and two, have been sailing from Hamburg and Kiel in, again, cruises to nowhere. And they've been doing that since way back in July of 2020. And our good friend Aida has the Aida Parella. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Aida Parella. 
Sure. Sailing in the Canaries since March 2021. I think of American Cruise Lines. Um, they're doing independent sales from Jacksonville to Charleston. And then American Jazz sells the lower Mississippi. And they began in March back up with some of their small ships, uh, only allowing less than 100 passengers on board. You also have the American Queen Steamboat Company, which is another company in the U.S. sailing domestic waters only. Um, and they've been doing that again since March with some small ships on the rivers. I think the domestic water thing is going to really change because we've just had that small change to the Jones Act, which no longer allows you to have to stop in a far foreign land. So I think we're going to see a lot of itinerary changes now, and we're going to see a lot more domestic sailing, which will be good, I think, for the American economy. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. There are a few other ships that are sailing around the world. They're kind of small mega yacht sized ships with only 50 to 100 passengers. There's one or two in the Pacific, one in Japan. There's one in South America and one in Australia. Those are just very little and specialized things. And then there are announcements happening all the time about upcoming cruises and when more ships from these lines or other lines are going to be launched. What we've included just now is a rundown of things that have been approved right now in the U.S. by the CDC or ships that are already actively sailing because everything else is kind of hearsay as far as those announcements go. Cruise lines are saying that things are going to happen, but they've been saying that for a long time now. So we don't know how much of that is really going to stand true as we proceed into the summer. But a lot of things are hoping to be back up and running by July. Which is exciting. Yay. I'm excited. Let's get back to work, shall we? Yes. Hashtag we are back. Well, there you have it. What ships are where and when and everything you need to know to make a choice when you book your next cruise. And we hope to see you guys out on the high seas real soon. Tune in next week as we discuss our roots in theater and some show mishaps in the next installment of our Sea Stories series. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adventures with Ernie. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and learned something new. We'll be back next week with more tidbits of information and stories from our adventures. Download or listen wherever you find your favorite podcast with new episodes weekly on Mondays. Have a nice week and hope you find an adventure or two before we meet again. This is Ernie wishing you fair winds and following seas. Bye.